I want to just, you know, just say, you know, welcome to all those who just joined. You know, the Word of God teaches us to pray. The psalmist prayed that God would give us a sense to follow his commands. And I think that's just such an important concept um, for us to think through is that the psalmist, the one who we, you know, look toward as, as, as a great, you know, truster uh, in the Lord, you know, prayed unto God that God uh, would help him to uh, obey his commands. Prayed, give, he prayed that um, God would give him the sense to follow his commands. In other words, the common sense to follow God's commands. And we just want to state today how important that is. We just want to say today, you know, how valuable that is. Uh, that God would essentially give us the sense. It's not something that we need to shy away from or to feel embarrassed to ask God for. Is Lord, you know, cause us in, in essence to follow you, to obey you. If God doesn't despise that prayer, there's multiple examples throughout the word where you can look at um, people praying like, Lord, like make us obedient, um, make us do what is right. Sometimes we can feel like that's our responsibility or, you know, we prove our righteousness by being right. So why should I ask God to do it? Or maybe we're we're uh, too um, tentative or embarrassed to admit that there are certain things that God asks us to do that are not always easy for us to do or for us to achieve. But, you know, when you look at the scriptures, it doesn't teach us that we should be ashamed to pray that prayer. God gives us a sense to follow you. Give us a sense to do what's right. Um, Jesus Christ, you know, uh, told his disciples, um, pray or else temptation will overpower you. And he taught them um, to pray in the Lord's Prayer, um, to lead them not into temptation, deliver them from evil. Um, and so, in other words, you know, there's there's merit to the notion that we should always ask the Lord to help us serve him as best as we can, never take it for granted. Anything that is essential to the evaluation um, that will take place for all of us uh, when we go to see the Lord face to face is worth praying about. Um, I can pray, Lord, about a lot of things um, that are important to me. You know, for instance, I might pray to the Lord about, say, promotion in my place of work. It really matters to me. Um, there's no doubt about that. And I'm sure for some of you, you know what those things are that really matter to you. But at the end of the day, God's not evaluating me based on whether I get that promotion or not. And I'm not going to stand before the Lord and, and have, um, you know, my entrance into the kingdom of heaven uh, be on the line based upon whether or not I got promoted or whether or not I got a, this, the new car I wanted or whether or not I got into the school I wanted or whether or not, you know, I, you know, achieved all that I wanted to achieve or, or any of those kind of things. Um, and so it's important, you know, for us to be mindful of that, even whether or not we get the healing, you know, we're looking for. At the end of the day, the kind of things that God's going to be evaluating us on in his determination of whether we enter the kingdom of heaven or not is how we treat others, whether or not we loved him, whether we or not we were obedient to him. That's why the word of God says that um, in the last days, many uh, will will claim to have been religious, but in the end of the day, um, the Lord will say that he didn't even know them. And uh, what Jesus says critically in that verse and from Matthew, um, the sixth and seventh chapter is the decisive factor is whether or not people obey the Heavenly Father. So let us pray that we obey God because the decisive factor is not going to be whether or not he met all our needs or whether or not um, we 
achieved all of our dreams. The decisive factor is going to be whether or not we obeyed God. So that's always a, a worth the most important thing we can be praying about. Um, uh, as much as there are amazing things and miracles we need God to do in our lives, healings and um, blessings and all these other various things and guidance, all things very important, but foremost of which it is that we would obey him. Jesus says that's a deciding factor in determining whether someone sees the kingdom of heaven or not. Did you obey God um, more so than anything else? So, Pastor Tim here with you guys. Um, just glad to be here with all the saints. Continuing to just move it forward um, with more time of prayer and, and lifting up the Lord our God. Father, we thank you for your decrees, things you state, your rules, your laws are a treasure to us. They are truly what our heart delights in, Father. May we always be determined to keep your principles even forever and to the very end. May we not be like those who are undecided, Lord God, about you. May our choice be clear to love your law, to take refuge in you as our shield. May your word be our source of hope, our only source of hope. And may we, Heavenly Father, be sustained by you. Lord Jesus, I pray that you cleanse us from the crown of our head to the sole of our feet. In any way, Lord God, if any thought has ever offended you, any action has offended you, if we've broken any promises, Lord God, or vows made to you, may you, Heavenly Father, forgive us for those things. Lord God, we have been taught to tremble in fear of you and to fear your judgments. Psalm 119 teaches us that, Lord God. But Heavenly Father, at the same time, we're taught to love and admire you. Help us, Father, to have a fear of God, which is according to the word, is the beginning of all wisdom. May we have a fear of God. May we fear your judgments, Lord God, and may we love you. May our eyes strain to see your deliverance, to the truth of your promises fulfilled in Jesus' mighty name. Give us discernment and understanding. Then we will understand your decrees, O Lord. Give us an ability, Lord Jesus, to contemplate and to realize what it is you're calling us to. We love you, Father, and we honor you. In Jesus' mighty name, and amen. We thank you, Heavenly Father, because we truly love your commands more than gold, even the finest of gold. We thank you, Heavenly Father, because your words are the light to our lives. We thank you, Father, that your words are simple enough for us to understand and comprehend. And we are appreciative, Lord God, that your steps illuminate the steps and the path we're supposed to take. We long for all of your instructions. Show mercy on us, Lord, as you do for all who love your name. Rescue us from the oppression of evil people and evil individuals, Lord God, in the spiritual realms. Help us then to obey your commands. As you rescue us from evil, then we can obey your commands. Look down on us with love. Teach us your principles. May we never, Lord God, have to be distraught looking back at how we did not adhere to the standards you've set forth before us. Father, we love you. We need you, and we trust you in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Your word 
teaches us your word, informs us your word, Heavenly Father, is enough for us. And we honor you today. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. And amen. I want to welcome those who just joined. This is Tim here with you. Continue to just spend time in prayer. Always love being with all the great people on the line today. Um, what I want to do in the next couple of minutes is call on some of our prayer leaders to help to lead us in and listen up prayer items today. Um, much love to everybody who is here with us tonight, who's on the line with us tonight, who's holding it down for the Lord here tonight. He's been good. He's been amazing. He's been a wonderful father. And he finds solutions to some of the most complicated problems. Um, Heavenly Father, we just ask you, Lord, that you just have your way in our lives, Lord. I'm not even going to suggest to you the way in which you need to impact our lives. All I'm going to say, Lord, is that whatever you want to do, we're here for it. We're waiting, Lord God, for you. We're waiting quietly and peacefully, and we're trusting in you. We thank you, we honor you, and we look to you. We ask, O Heavenly Father, that you, O Lord God, would touch our hearts and our minds, that we would be fully committed to you, and that you, O Lord God, would guide us along the path that we're supposed to take in Jesus' mighty name. May your name ever be upon us, Lord. May we live our lives fully and truly for you, O Jesus. Father, have your way in us. Have your way in us, Lord God, Jesus. Strengthen us, Lord God, in all of your ways, Lord God. Ensure, O Heavenly Father, that we are truly one with you. Let none of us, Lord God, fall to the wayside. Let none of us, Lord God, lose our fervor for you, Lord Jesus. We need you, Father, in the mighty and precious name of Christ. We honor you, we look to you, and we ask you, Father, to strengthen us in Jesus' mighty and precious name. Father, you are ours and we are yours. Lord God, finish the good work you've started in us, Lord God. Strengthen us, Father, always. Look to us, Lord God, at all times, Lord Jesus, and look upon us with your love. We ask you, Lord God, for a new heart, renewed mind, Lord God, the opportunity right now, Lord Jesus, to make a change, make a change for the better, make a change, Heavenly Father, that will help us to be among those who uplift others. In the mighty name of Jesus, we appreciate you. You guide us step by step by your word, and therefore we will never be overcome by any evil. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus. As pressure and stress try to bear down on us, Lord God, we find joy in your commands. Your commands and decrees are always fair. Help us to understand them, that we may live. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Once again, thanking everybody who's here with us. Um, Tim here with you, with all you guys. I want to say hi. And um, at this time, what I want to do is turn it over to some of our other prayer leaders to help uh, in leading us. I may call upon um, Mother Linda if you want to jump in with leading us some prayers. 
um, as you see fit, just know that you're welcome to do so. Um, what I'm doing here is kind of flipping through a couple of passages of scripture that we'll be looking at to be able to lean on as we continue to press forward the teaching that the Lord has for us here today. I just wanted to make it known that to anybody who wants to jump in, any of our prayer leaders, you can hit star five even at this time to jump in. And my window that goes for you as well. If you want to jump in, take it away, you're always welcome. Um, I'm going to have us turn, if you would, with me here to the book of Matthew. Turn with me to the book of Matthew. And let's go over to the 13th chapter. It's a really interesting chapter. The story of the farmer scattering seed. I've always loved this story. I've always loved to learn from what God can teach us in this passage. Um, but I'll read through it and take my time reading through it so that you have the opportunity to uh, fully understand it. And we'll move forward from there. It says, later that same day, Jesus left it. By the way, Matthew 13, 1. Later that same day, Jesus left the house and went down to shore, where an immense crowd soon gathered. He got into the boat, where he sat and taught the people who listened on the shore. He told many stories, such as this one. A farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered across his field, some seeds fell on the footpath and the birds came and ate them. Others fell on shallow soil with underlying rocks. The plants sprang up quickly. They soon wilted beneath the hot sun and died because the roots had no nourishment in the shallow soil. Other seeds fell among thorns that shot up and choked out the tender blades, but some seeds fell on fertile soil and produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone who's willing to hear should listen and understand. His disciples came and asked him, Why do you always tell stories when you talk to the people? Then he explained to them, You've been permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but others have not. For those who are open to my teaching, more understanding will be given, and they will have an abundance of knowledge. But to those who are not listening, even what they have will be taken away from them. That is why I tell these stories. Because people will see what I do, but they don't really see. They hear what I say, but they don't really hear, and they don't understand. This fulfills the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, You will hear my words, but you will not understand. You will see what I do, but you will not perceive its meaning. For the hearts of these people are hardened, and their ears cannot hear, and they have closed their eyes, so their eyes cannot see, and their hearts cannot, ears cannot, cannot hear, nor their hearts cannot understand, and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. I want to pause there for a second, because this passage from from uh, verse 14 of Matthew 13 down to um, verse 15 is so important. It speaks of people who, no matter what they see and hear, they can't accept what Jesus is doing. And I think that that's important. This was prophesied long ago. Um, you'll often hear out in the world this notion that people will espouse, which is basically that, you know, if God is real and he can do all things, then why doesn't he just prove himself? And once he proves it, he does it in front of us, then we'll all believe him and we'll all turn to Christ and we'll all become a bunch of happy-go-lucky Christians, you know, um, going to church every single Sunday and feeding the poor. But realistically, that's not how it goes. It didn't even go like that in Jesus' time. They saw him do miracles, undeniable miracles, in fact. He would heal people who 
everybody knew was blind or who everybody knew was crippled and had been that way for years to do miracles to all sorts of people and in front of gigantic crowds where it was unmistakable and unequivocal that he had healed on a healing, he had performed a miracle that it came from God. And yet some people were offended by it. They they sort of questioned the validity of it. They would go and Jesus would heal or Jesus or his disciples through the power of Jesus would heal a crippled person. They'd run into the person's parents and be like, is this person really crippled? Having known they walked by the crippled person every day, right? And they would, even when they would find out that it was true that Jesus had done the healing, they would question his motives and say, well, he shouldn't have done the healing because it's the Sabbath or something like that. Or they would say that he only gets his power from the devil and that's the only reason he can do these miracles. And the bottom line of the point I'm trying to make is that people are stubborn. The word of God says that their hearts are hardened so they cannot see what Jesus is doing or they can see it but they can't really perceive it. They can see it but they don't really understand what he's doing. They can hear it but they don't really hear. You know, and so because of that, because of those hard hearts, the key thing is that they cannot turn to him and let him heal them. We need to be praying for people. We need to be praying for people that they would be able to not just see but perceive, not just uh, listen but really and truly hear, not just observe but allow it to sink into their hearts so that they can turn to Jesus and be healed. But that is sort of a five-part conversation, although a requisite conversation that's ancillary to the broader point. Let me continue to read along. For those of you who just joined, Tim here, Matthew chapter 13, now we're at verse 16. He says, But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. I assure you, many prophets and godly people have longed to see and hear what you have seen and heard, but they could not. Now, here's the explanation of the story I told about the farmers growing seed sowing seed. The seed that fell on the hard path represents those who hear the good news about the kingdom and don't understand it. The evil one comes and snatches the seed away from their hearts. I'm going to pause for a second. What that means is there's four types of people, well, three types of people, really, um, that we need to talk about. And the fourth, uh, we'll really get into. That's where you want to be. There's three types of people who um, struggle in this world. The first type is someone who hears the truth and immediately they don't believe it. They immediately don't believe the truth. So imagine yourself as an example. You tell the good news to someone who's an atheist, and they immediately just say, I don't believe that. That's not true. The Word of God says that the evil one snatches the seed away from their hearts. That means it's literally saying here the devil steals it from them. The seed comes, but he immediately slaps it down when you're trying to pass the seed to them. So it's important. It helps us understand that we need to be praying for folks because sometimes it's not all their fault that they don't understand or they don't take the seed because of the evil one snatches it away from their hearts. Two, the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and receive with joy. But like young plants in such soil, the roots don't go down very deep. At first they get along fine, but they will as soon as they have problems or are persecuted because they believe the word. This is about people who they believe, they hear what they say, or they hear what we say about Jesus, and they actually receive it. They believe in Jesus Christ. But the minute they go through some hardships, the minute they go through some difficulties in life, they say, what's the point of this whole God thing? Why did God let these things happen to me? If God's really here, then why do I go through these hardships? And they kind of forget about God, because even though they received his message with joy initially, they're like young plants in soil. The roots don't go down very deep. 
And so they just kind of are easily uprooted the minute they go through something hard, the minute that they are persecuted um, because of their belief in the word. When it says be persecuted because they believe the word, what it means is some people are persecuted because they believe Christ, and the minute they face the persecution, they give up. The thorny ground represents those who hear, they accept the good news, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by all the cares of this life and the lure of wealth, so no crop is produced. That's the type of group of people who, they believe in God, they accept it. They might even go through some hardships and stick with Christ, but then, you know, it's not persecution that gets them, it's just the other distractions. Prestige, money, wealth, um, the ability to um, you know, be uh, prominent in their society, whatever. Just other distractions and other cares of this life that get in the way. But a fourth type of person is a good soul, represents the hearts of those who truly accept God's message and produce a harvest, a huge harvest, 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. So I wanted to lay that out, four kinds of people described here. And we've probably met people in all in all four categories. You know, people who heard the word and they just immediately thought it was nonsense. They didn't believe it. It's their loss. We have to pray for them. The word says that the enemy, the evil one, steals that, that, that opportunity from them. The second type, who people just go through hardships and they kind of give in. The third, people who just get distracted by life and they just give up on Christ. But then the fourth, where we want to be trusting him fully and wholeheartedly. And so we just going to pray that God will help us to produce a great harvest. Um, so we can be in that fourth category. Father, we just thank you for your mercy. And we thank you, Lord, for your love. We ask, Heavenly Father, today, that you, O Lord Jesus, will just strengthen all your children. We ask, Heavenly Father, today, that you, O Lord Jesus, will just watch out for all of your children, Lord Lord Jesus. We ask you, Heavenly Father, today, that you would help us all to produce a great fruit. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, we honor you, we thank you. We lift you up. We trust your name and we believe your name. In Jesus' mighty and precious name we pray. Make us prosperous. Make us able to stand firm. Make us able to, Lord God, be among those who are with you to the bitter end. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. This time what I want to do is um, be able to take some of your prayer requests. Um, if anybody has a request, hit star five. I'm going to leave ample time here tonight. But to pray for anybody. It could be any topic for anyone. It could be for your nation, for the nation. It could be um, for the whole world. It could be something specific to your household. Um, it doesn't matter to me what it is. Hit star five on your phone if you want prayer, and we'll stay as long as we need to to make sure we get every single prayer item answered. If you have a prayer, if you had a hundred prayers, right? Whatever it is, that let us know. I want to go to Anita. How can we pray for you, sister? Aloha, Pastor Tim and my brother, sisters in Christ. I just ask for a prayer for the world, for everybody, every animal, every plant, just the whole universe. That there be peace, love and understanding, wisdom and knowledge, and healing across the land for everybody. Amen. Sounds like a worth a worthy cause. Let's pray over that. Um, Heavenly Father, you taught us to pray and to work for peace. We pray, Lord God, for your prosperity and peace to fall upon the entire world, Lord God. Everything in creation was made to give you praise. And Lord God, you're the minister of all peace. You're the prince of peace. We ask you, Lord God, to magnify your name through peace giving to all your people in the mighty name of Jesus. 
We honor you, appreciate you, and love you, Lord God. We ask your Heavenly Father to lift up, Lord God, and hold up, Lord Jesus, all those, Lord God, who are created by you, men, animals, everything, Lord God, that, that is here to give you praise, the terrains, Lord Jesus, the oceans. We ask Heavenly Father for your peace and for your love and your your your, your just general uh, sense, Lord God, of, uh, of being able to prosper uh, whatever you've touched to be present here in this moment. We thank you, Heavenly Father, today for all that you are doing. We appreciate you for how you've watched after our world, looked after our world, prospered our world, oh, Heavenly Father. And we ask you to continue to do that, which you have already started doing, in the mighty and precious name of Jesus. We pray over our country, that our country will be strong. We pray, Lord God, that all the nations of the entire world, Lord Jesus, would always, Heavenly Father, remain in strength because of you. In Jesus' mighty name. We pray, Heavenly Father, that uh, the world would, would experience a time of peace unlike ever before. That the world, Heavenly Father, would see a time of unity unlike ever before. We pray, Heavenly Father, that the climate, Lord Jesus, will be in good stead. We pray, Heavenly Father, that our cities and our countries and, Lord God, our, our rural towns will be in good stead. We pray, Heavenly Father, that all things will work together for good because of those of us who love the Lord and who dwell and inhabit this planet you've given us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thank you. Amen. Um, if there are any other hands, you can definitely raise that. Uh, I want to pray for all of you as well, but before I do that, I want to get to these other hands. I see a hand up from, I think it's from Kat. Hey, Kat. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. Two things. One, I would like to give a praise, praise report for um, Maurizio, who we prayed for a few days ago, who is in the hospital, a COVID hospital clinic with everybody and and on a respirator. He's home, and he is negative and fine. So I give oh, uh, thank him for that. And also for Massimo. We prayed for him and his entire family that was um, stricken with COVID, and every everybody is fine. So I give honor to God for that so much, and thank you all for Hallelujah. your prayer. Yes. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And my prayer, that's, yes. Tonight I want to pray for the, I don't even know how to word this, but for God to influence um mm. The, the, those that are passing certain laws that um, don't line up with the word of God, but this, that somehow that God will prevail in this country. I mean, he will, but that God can pierce the hearts and turn the heart of man around to seek him um, with the decisions and choices that they're making for laws that are being passed right now. How we should yeah. pray and how God can get through to the heart of man can change. I'm praying that God will change the heart of man to honor him. Yes, yeah. It's a great point, Kat. And earlier, you know, we were reading from the, you know, we were we were praying, rather, over a variety of subjects. You know, we were referencing certain verses from Psalms where it talks about, you know, the psalmist talks about praying that God would make him to obey God's commands. And so, the premise of praying for ourselves or for others to obey God isn't far-fetched or outlandish in biblical context. It is something we can pray for, that our hearts would be turned towards him. Our leaders and legislators need a lot of wisdom, so it's important for us to pray. The nation isn't really 
making a lot of laws on the basis of godly morality or standards, right. but it doesn't mean it has to be like that in the future. So I say we do pray about that, that God will transform that process. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. Uh, we're here, Lord God, to lift up our nation as it pertains to those who are in positions of influence, Lord God, to, to make and create laws. Right now, it seems to us, Father, that many of the laws that are being contemplated don't align with godly morals. Some, of course, do. Some, Lord God, that, that, that benefit those who are downtrodden, Lord God, or who, you know, are perhaps, you know, not able to fend for themselves. There, some of those laws are being passed and contemplated, and we commend those who, who've done that work. But to the extent that there are other laws, Lord God, that are, that are ungodly, that don't take into consideration the order you've set up for the world, we ask, Heavenly Father, you would start to uh, quietly, Lord God, influence those who, Heavenly Father, are in positions of power, that you would remind people of your standards and your decrees, that you would start to cause victories to take place, Heavenly Father, for uh, godly morality to have uh, more wins, Lord God, in the public sphere. We've moved away from uh, morality as the basis upon which we make a lot of our decisions, certainly moved away from Christian morality as a nation, but we can get back to it. Heavenly Father, I've seen you turn far more pagan nations than this, Lord God, into God-fearing nations. And so it's certainly not difficult for you to do, but Heavenly Father, it comes down to the will of the people at the end of the day, because you're a gentleman, you don't force your way in unless people have invited you. But we ask, Lord God, you see this as a formal invitation to our country to make an impact and to cause a revival. That people would realize, Lord God, Lord Jesus, the chaos associated with this godless form of living and the confusion and the helter-skelter nature of it all. I know people, Lord God, who want to live in their darkness eventually face the consequences of it. And not even after this life, Lord, I pray that you would do something that you spoke about often in your Bible and cause people, Lord God, to consider how things are going for them, to consider the confusion, to consider uh, the calamities, to consider, you know, the, the, the mental health crisis in this nation, to consider, Lord God, the, the division in the nation and come to a realization that what's better is to turn to God rather than continue to go on the way that we've been going. And so I ask all this in your name. We come against the secular agenda, Lord God, and all of the meaningless and pointless uh, laws that are being passed in the name of just general secularism. We ask, Heavenly Father, that what you would do is bring godliness back into the public sphere. In the mighty and precious name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thanks, Kat. Listen, that item is a prayer item. Um, what I want to do here now as we prayed over our nation, uh, and just pray for all of us. Um, just our you know, God just to protect us all. So critical. I sound like a broken record at this place saying the same thing every night about how important I think it is, but I really do think it's really, really important. Um, so I'm going to close with that. Um, Father, I would ask tonight that you would just protect your children. All of us need a heavy protection. We need protection, Lord God, from the, from the enemy, protection from those who would want to oppress us in any way. Sometimes, Lord Jesus, even protection from ourselves because human beings do have a propensity to make decisions that are you know, quite detrimental indeed. We ask you, Heavenly Father, to save us from anything 
that would adversely impact our standing with you or our stature with you. Ask, Heavenly Father, that you, Lord God, would bless your children, strengthen your children, and uplift your children. Heal your children, Lord God, and cause your children to prevail, even in this life. Lord God, we know it's possible. Help us to live with composure, that we face a lot of stresses and anxieties, like the Word of God said, like the psalmist said. We can take hope, Lord God, in your decrees and your promises. Your promises will see us through, even though it feels like we're being burdened with stress. Heavenly Father, we ask all this in your name, and we thank you for making a way where there was no way, seemingly. In Jesus' name, amen.